Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Corporate Activist. I'm your host, Siri Kalsa. This is our last episode in our first series. We've had some great conversations with people working across the social impact space, and I hope you've enjoyed them as much as I have. I want to use this final episode to help those of you who may be facing some of these challenges in your own businesses. I've asked Perween Richards to join me today. Perween and I work together at Stance Advocacy Services, where she's the Director of Research. Perween has put together some questions that many businesses are facing these days, and we hope that our answers may help you navigate some of these issues for yourself. Welcome, Perween. Hi, Siri. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so you've come up with a list of questions that some businesses may be facing, and we're just going to go through them and, and give some answers. So um, what's the first one? Great. Um, so the first one is, how can I find out what issues matter to my stakeholders? Right. So I think some businesses may have a sense of this. And when we talk about stakeholders, it's really important to note that we're talking about everyone who your business touches. So it's the people that are working in the business day to day. It's your customers who you're interacting with on a regular basis. But it's also the people that, you know, just maybe follow your brand or people working in your supply chain. So your stakeholders really are, are a very wide audience. So it's really important to try to keep this dialogue open with them. But increasingly, we're hearing that, let's say, the stakeholders who are being the loudest are not the customers, as you might expect, but actually the employees. So, you know, I think it's really good to to ask, right? So when we work with companies, one of the first things we do is a survey of stakeholders. And we ask them what kind of issues they care about and what things are the top of their mind, whether it's on environmental issues or social issues or various political issues. So I think that, you know, really, in order to find out what matters, you've got to ask. And it's really important to ask everyone, you know, and to try and um, get as broad a uh, view of this as possible. So I think, you know, a regular conversation around this is also really good. And um, in addition to doing some kind of audit, Okay, great. Thank you. The second question, which is a very good question, very current. How can we determine if our company should take a position on a particular event in the news, uh, like the killing of George Floyd or the Russian invasion of Ukraine, for example? Right. So this is very tricky. And this is one of the reasons that I think hopefully people are interested in, in what we're doing with the podcast, because having to navigate these issues is really challenging. And what we saw from the killing of George Floyd to the um, riots in, in the US on January 6th to the Ukraine invasion to, you know, just things happening with um, refugees, a lot of businesses are being asked to take a position. And they don't know if they should, <laughs> if it's going to be good for their business or bad for their business. And we've had some interesting conversations um, about this, particularly in the episode with, I think we talked about what some of the risks of doing this are with, uh, with some guests in the past. But, you know, I think that what we have seen is that it's important to engage in these issues when you have an authentic voice to speak to the issues. So 
I don't think that it makes sense for any company to take a position on everything. There's simply too much going on and, and you'd really have to be in the news cycle you know, all the time. And I, I imagine that would distract from, from the actual business. But I think what, what can be really effective is that when there are issues that align with your company values, that align with your mission, and that are of interest to your stakeholders, then it does make sense. Um, then it does make sense to, to speak out on Ukraine or to speak out on refugees or, you know, something that maybe is, is quite far away from your day-to-day business, but yet is something your stakeholders care about, is in alignment with your core values and mission, and you have something to say. And I think probably the last point to that is that when you do speak out, make sure you know what you're saying. <laughs> so don't just, you know, make a statement like, you know, we're, we're against, you know, we're against Russia. We don't, you know, we don't think this is a good thing. Try to make your position as nuanced as possible, as intelligent as possible, as well thought out as possible. And if you are going to take a stance and, and engage on some of these issues, you know, try to make sure that as the, the method you're using is also effective. So you need the message to be effective and authentic, and you need your methodology to be effective, meaning, you know, make sure you're, you know, if you're going to write an op-ed that it goes into the, you know, to the better papers, that if you're going to, you know, you're using your social media effectively, all these kind of things, I think, will will help you figure out if it's the best thing for your company to do and and really that you're going to be able to do it well and that your engagement will have impact. Thank you, Siri. The next question is, how can I get my company to take a stand on issues I care about? Right. And I think this is really interesting because a lot of times we are speaking from the perspective of someone who's leading a company and can set the direction of that company. But what if you're not leading a company, you're just, you know, sitting at your desk, really freaked out about, (laughs) you know, a potential issue happening in the world. And you really think that your company should say something about it. Maybe it's abortion rights, maybe it's, what I don't know, any, what what kind of things are on your mind? Maybe LGBTQ rights. um, Exactly. Yeah, it's Pride Month. Yes, exactly. So Yeah, right. And so you're wondering, you know, well, what, you know, where does my company stand on this? Does it, you know, how can we, how can we make a difference? And, and I, and just feeling like it would help you feel connected to your business, to your, the people, your coworkers, if you're actually all speaking out about values that you all share and that you all care about. But it, but it's tricky, right? Because um, without, Knowing if people share those values, um, you don't necessarily want to stick your head up and and say, oh, hey, (laughs) what about, you know, what about LGBTQ rights? So I think probably I would suggest that you start by talking to coworkers and, you know, seeing if there is some consensus around it and seeing if you can get, you know, the majority of people that you work with are also caring about that issue or or maybe just they have their own issues that they care about but they'd like to see the company get more involved and i think you know then once you have a sort of majority of employees who are saying you know we'd like to see our company 
work on some of these issues that matter to us, then I think you can go to management, you can go to your leadership and say, this means something to us. And we'd like to really know what the position is of our company. We'd like to take position if we don't have one. And we'd like to see that incorporated into our values, into our work, into our social media, into um, our communications with our customers and, and the people we work with. So I, yeah, I would say that try to try to gain some consensus around it and then, you know, and then open the discussion and see, see where that goes. But I think that really companies are needing good people. (laughs) Um, They're, you know, retention is really important. Recruitment is really important. And so I think that employers are paying a little bit more attention to the needs of their employees. And it's not just about vacation days and things like that. It's about purpose and finding a purpose at work. And so I think, you know, you may find that your employers are more open to this than you'd expect, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) So what if my company already donates to some causes I care about? Um, Are there other ways uh, we can leverage our resources, expertise and influence to make a positive social impact? Yeah, so a lot of companies, and I I think historically, um, even before CSR, you know, companies uh, very often donated to different charitable causes. So whether that was a baseball, sponsoring a baseball team at home or, um, you know, giving to different charity groups, you know, I think there's a long tradition of that. So that's continuing in various ways. But I think especially because companies have not just money, right? They have a lot of other resources like logistics, like, you know, like a a platform where there's a lot of, uh, you know, whether it's customers or um, people following. So I would say that there is a lot that a company can actually bring to these issues other than just finances. Mm-hmm. Finances are good, and I think finances all are always meaningful. So we don't want to forget that. But there's a lot of other ways, and so I think that certainly within a, within an organization, um, you also have manpower, right? So you have the the, the capacity to organize a volunteer day mm-hmm. towards a cause. You have the opportunity to um, use some of the resources that the company already has, be it. Um, space to host an event, be it logistics to help get something from one place to another, that there's a lot of there's a lot of resources that that companies have that are actually quite useful to um, to organizations working for social and political change. So I would you know maybe talk to some of the organizations that you'd like to be involved with and find out what they need um, and you know and and see if that, there's the possibility of combining some of the resources that exist within your company uh, with with some of their needs. And I think certainly one of the ways that companies can be really effective is also, as, as I mentioned, like leveraging their platform and, you know, promoting a certain cause or idea on, on a social media site where, you know, who, you know, hundreds of thousands or even millions of people might might have access to it. So, yeah, I think there's lots of ways and probably, um, 
you know, look, talking to the organizations, asking what kind of help they need, and, and then, you know, going back to your organization and seeing if you can expand on, on what you're able to offer. Great. Thank you. So uh, this is a question that comes up a lot. What are the potential risks and benefits of engaging with political issues for our company? Yes. So we know this while it stands, don't we? Yes. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people understand that there's a lot going on in the world, right? And, and increasingly, right. companies are being called upon to, to take a position, but it's, it's risky, and it's risky in a lot of ways. Not only do they have the chance of alienating uh, customers who don't agree with that position or that value, but they, you know, they have the the you know, it has the potential of costing other relationships and and then just sort of bad press. Which, as we mentioned, it's we're recording this during Pride Month, and we've seen a lot of companies that have started to have an initiative around Pride. Mm-hmm around celebrating pride, um, receive some backlash and very quickly have retracted, retreated. And, you know, that's not what we want to see. <laughs> so like uh, Target and Bud Light. Exactly. So I think that it's important that you go into this knowing that there are risks, right? Knowing that the potential of, of backlash is almost 100%. <laughs> um, there's going to be someone on Twitter who's going to be like, this is stupid. Don't say this, you know, let's boycott whoever this is. So I think understand that that that's real and, and you might have to, to go up against that. But I think what the best way to, to guard against backlash is to be authentic and is to stand with your values. You know, I think it's not, it's not a value if it, you know, if it changes <laughs> when there's backlash. Yes, right? exactly. It's not optional. It's not something you're trying out. You know, you have to really care about the issues you're talking about. And exactly, exactly. And and so I think that know that there are risks, know that you, there probably will be some backlash. But I think we, you can look back at the, cus- the companies who are su- doing this successfully. And the way that they're doing it successfully is they're being true to their values they're not, you know, going where the wind blows. And I think part of that is also that it's not just being for pride when it's pride month. You know, mm-hmm. it, it involves like a year round commitment. It involves, you know, a social consciousness um, that a lot of companies can't, you, you shouldn't f- try and fake that, right? <laughs> Right. So can you give us some examples of companies that are doing it right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we have our our flagships, which are like Patagonia, Ben and Jerry's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we've talked about, you know, some of them before on, on the podcast. I, I think what works best, and I, you know, I'll, I will revert to Ben and Jerry's on this one because they know what things that they want to involve in, you know, that they want to stand for. They know what their values are. And in that, they've chosen a few issues that they're engaging with on a regular basis. So they're giving money, they're giving resources, they're giving time, they're involved with, they partner with other groups. And so it's an ongoing commitment. And that, you know, that is living your values. 
And so that's really the kind of engagement that we want to see. So that when, you know, you try to just do something when you feel like, the, you know, the market is telling you, you have to say something for, you know, Women's History Month or something. Um, so you put a woman on the, you know, on the, on the front of your package. Um, customers are so savvy, and especially this younger generation, they are so allergic to, you know, being hypocritical. And so I think that really the best way is to make sure that you're doing this in alignment with your core values, that it's not just something you're doing on the day or something that you're doing to appease a certain group of people, but that, you know, there's a real commitment behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. And um, are there partnerships or collaborations we can forge with nonprofits, community organizations, or advocacy groups to amplify our impact? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think this is really important because you know, the, the company has a focus on whatever that business model is of that company. And so as much as they may care about refugee issues or environmental issues, you know, if they try and do that full time, then they're, you know, messing up their business model. So I think in this way, it makes a lot of sense to find organizations who are dedicated, you know, purely dedicated to the kind of causes that a company wants to work on. In this way, they can help that organization do the work that you're trying to accomplish um, okay. as, as part of your your goals and values around your social impact. So yeah, it definitely, I think for sure, look for groups um, and organizations that are engaged in this and uh, yeah, and form partnerships. And, and as we mentioned earlier, find out what their needs are, what are their goals. And I think, you know, one of the great things about doing this is that you have the opportunity to meet other organizations that share your values. And that's just like meeting, you know, it's like making a new friend (laughs) when you can find someone who cares about the things that you care about. And so I think that also allows for other synergies and other ideas and things to come up. So it's a really nice way to expand the vision of your company, expand the network of your company. Um, so I really recommend uh, doing this and and not only with nonprofit groups, but I think you can look at political organizations, community organizations, advocacy groups that are international even. And you know and, and I think that, those people would love to have more corporations to to talk to and they can help help you energize your workforce around it as well. They can come in and talk to you and tell you about the results they're having. And so I think there's a lot, a lot of synergies to be had by, by these kind of collaborations. So I, I definitely support that. Great. Thank you. So the next question is how can a company engage their employees in meaningful social and political initiatives fostering a sense of purpose and shared values, especially around divisive issues? Yeah, it's a tough one. (laughs) It's a tough one. Well, you know, I think that the key to this is, is open communication, right? And the idea that everyone is not going to agree on everything. So, you know, you, I think in doing this well, you want to pick and choose your fights a little bit. There may be, if you're working on your corporate values and your social impact, you know, 
you may want to find something, as we talked about in the first question, that resonates with all your, your stakeholders, right? You don't necessarily want to choose a position that um, will alienate especially people in your office, like gun rights, right? Like this is something that is, especially in the U.S., quite divisive. It depends a little bit about where you are in the country and what your background is, but people have very strong opinions about it. And a company may take a position um, against, you know, or on background checks or supporting gun legislation uh, where they may have, you know, people in the company who are very, who are members of the NRA and who, you know, really don't support that. So I think in those cases, again, pick your issues quite carefully. Um, I would say if you have a majority of people in your company that are not in alignment with those issues, then, you know, maybe that's not the right thing to put at the top of your list. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, look for alignment, look for resonance amongst your stakeholders. And then if there, if there are divisive issues, and I, I don't, I don't want to encourage people not to engage in divisive issues because we have to, right? If we're going to make progress on any of this, we have to be able to have conversations and start seeing other people's perspectives. I think this is one of the places that we really fall down that, especially in the media, there is this ability to to say you're on this side or that side and, and you know, there's no in, there's no room in between. And I think most people are not so set. You know, most people are, I think, are open to more nuanced positions uh, on things, but it takes a conversation. So I've heard of some workplaces um, where they, you know, have these kind of conversations and maybe if you know it's going to be something really difficult, bring in a mediator, you know, bring in someone who's got some professional skills to help you have that conversation. But, you know, I think that um, what we've been hearing is that more and more people want to be their whole selves at work, right? They don't want to leave behind their love of drag shows or their, you know, or their love of guns or whatever it is, you know, they, they want to be their whole self at work because, you know, work is our, is, is a big part of our lives. And, yeah. and that's a real challenge, right? So I think that, so there was the example of one company that, you know, every month had a sort of discussion around one of these issues and they allowed everyone to kind of say their own position and nothing was said to be wrong or right. And I think, you know, just being able to have open conversations is really important. And being able to express your views and to be able to feel heard. Um, not everyone's going to agree. <laughs> but can you disagree with respect? Um, if that's where you you leave it? You know, I mean, there's also examples, I think it was Shopify, where it was during the kind of the election process and things and, and they found that so much energy was going around, going on around these political discussions that they banned all conversations around politics simply. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's not ideally the solution. Um, I can see why that makes sense. And I can see as a manager why you would say, okay, forget it. We're just, you know, we're just not going to do this at all. But 
I think, you know, especially if you're looking to work with younger people, um, this stuff is, is on their minds all the time, right? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think work used to be one of those places where you kind of people just tend to have people are different, but they learn to coexist and maybe not share their personal views. And, you know, but it's one of the few places where you have to coexist, with people, <laughs> right. you know, and um, younger people, as you said, this generation, they just want to be able to talk about everything, you know, and they want their views to be important and they want to, you know, they don't want to be quiet about things they care about, even yeah. at work. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's a tricky thing, but I, I think the advice is, again, understand your values, understand the values of your stakeholders, try to have open discussions and and make them respectful. And then finally, you know, understand that not everyone is going to feel the same way about things. And we used to be okay with that, <laughs> you know. And so I think... Um, if you can foster those kind of conversations in the workplace, it, it'll, it'll be good for everyone. Thank you. Okay. So how can we measure and communicate the social impact of our initiatives to stakeholders, including employees, customers, and investors? Right. So, you know, this is always a difficult question because it's, it's nice to do these kind of things. And, and, you know, you think back about CSR, it was kind of like, you know, very much around a feel good kind of um, message. But, you know, there wasn't a lot of measurement about what's this actually doing? How is this impacting our, our bottom line? How is this impacting our uh, market share? You know, all of these kind of things. I think it is really important to find ways to measure. So obviously, we can look at numbers, you know, followers and, and all of those kind of things. And I think it's important to, to increase, you know, when, when market research is being done and when customer research is being done to include these kind of issues in those questions. So it's not just about, do you like the flavor of the new toothpaste? But, you know, do you, um, you know, how do you feel about affirmative action or, you know, any, any of these kind of things that, you've in incorporated into your your social impact and you know i think that again a lot of times we can think like you know this much money was contributed and certainly we have the experience i think you know this well with you know sort of making pretty pictures and you know you've got yeah. little kids you know in developing countries with smiles and everyone feels like oh okay well you know they're better off now yeah. so we've done our job yeah, but it's very hard to measure impact. So we'd like to know maybe how many kids have been actually affected and not just walk away with the picture, you know, how yeah. many how many people, how much money went into those issues and what is the return on this investment, for example, for the people you want to help? Yeah, and I think, you know, the one of the best ways to do that is also being clear about your goals, right? So not just saying like we stand for LGBTQ rights, but saying, you know, we want to see, you know, more equality in this particular context, or we want to see this legislation affected, or we want to see, you know, more people in the workforce, you know, more, more integration and in, in different things. So I think try to be clear about your goals in this social impact, right? 
And then that will make it easier to measure them. And I think, you know, obviously we don't want to get too hung up on um, metrics and, you know, how many, okay, well, we've, you know, we've talked to, you know, we've saved, you know, 500 gorillas, so we're good. Um, <laughs> but I think that metrics will always matter. So I think um, whether it's homeless population or it, it does give a tangible way for people to understand impact. But I think also understand that your impact won't always be quite so tangible, right? Um, right. And I think also looking at the internal metrics, because, you know, as we found, there, sh- there should be metrics around retention and recruitment um, that are also helping with this. And, and I think just general, you know, general well-being and morale, that there's an increased morale at work where people feel like, you know, the company that they're working with is doing more than just making money. Thank you. So how can we ensure that our social impact initiatives are inclusive, equitable, and considerate of diverse perspectives? Yeah, you got all the tough questions, Parine. (laughs) That's a really tough question. (laughs) Well, I would say that approaching it with the idea that this is important is the first first thing that you want to be as inclusive as respectful um y- you want to approach these things with that that mm-hmm. attitude right and then i think that you know know that there's a chance you might get it wrong <laughs> <laughs> and if you do get it wrong you own up to it and you fix it um so uh, and I think it's a little different than like backtracking on taking some some stance on something. I think it's it's a really, learning process, maybe. exactly. Yeah, and really knowing the issues that you're getting involved with as much mm. as you can, right? So you should be not only you know, let's say for instance, you want to work on the homelessness issue. It shouldn't be that okay, we we've got a partnership, we do that, you know boom, you know, we give them money, we do a volunteer day once a week, you know, once a year we do, you know, that shouldn't be the end of the story. It should, as you say, like an ongoing learning process so that whatever issue that you want to be involved in, that you're on, you know, you're always staying engaged with it and you're always learning and then using that information to adjust your positioning Mm -hmm. and adjust your stances. And if they're, there's a certain development that's happened. If there's something that, you know, new information around an issue that you can say, oh, well, actually, you know, we'd love to partner with these people because they found, you know, a new way to address homelessness that we think is really exciting. So, you know, I think that's the most important thing is like stay engaged, stay learning. And also, you know, it should... If you're going to engage with authenticity and with, you know, with intelligence and with impact, this should be part of how you do your business. So it's not just about we have our our business over here of making, you know, computers or whatever we make. And then over there we have our, our goals and our ideas around social impact. You want to try and marry these as much as possible together. Because that's when it becomes more sustainable and more impactful. And 
when the point of what you're doing is as important as how you do it. So I think that really stay learning and and try to incorporate as much as possible the values of your business into your day-to-day work. And then, you know, if there's stuff that you get wrong and you find out that you've offended someone and, you know, which can happen, <laughs> um, that you, you know, you you own up to it and you fix it and you move forward. Thank you. Great answer. <laughs> so last question. Okay. Um, how can we incorporate sustainable practices and responsible business strategies to address environmental and social challenges into our business operations? Yeah, so this was like a little bit of what, what we just touched on. But again, I think, and this is, you know, based on some of the conversations that we've had on the podcast, which have been really interesting, is that we want to not make our social impact, you know, this separate thing, but we want to use those practices to inform how we do our business. So I think that, you know, you can see companies like Bombas who um, are the, the sock company where their whole business model is you make one, you give one away. Mm-hmm. Um, like Tom's shoes the same way. And in that way, it's not a question. You know, it, it's just woven into the fabric of the business. So I think that if you're starting out a business, you know, it's really interesting to think about these things when you're at the inception phase of your business and thinking about, okay, well, we're starting a new, let's say, ice cream company. That's what's on my mind these days because it's <laughs> so hot outside. So, hot. <laughs> um, so you're starting a new ice cream company and you want to incorporate some social impact strategies into your business. You know, how can we do that? And I think you want to look at everything from, you know, how you source your ingredients, who your partners are that you're working with. Again, understanding your customers, understanding your workforce, understanding your clients, other stakeholders, what are things that they care about. And also, you know, to go back to the the ice cream analogy, you know, find something that's in alignment with your company. So mm-hmm. if you're an ice cream company, you for me, I can immediately think about things around to do with the environment. If you're, you need dairy cows, um, or maybe you're making a, a vegan ice cream, but you think things around the environment, around water, around land use, you know, all of those things make sense to be a part of what your mission might be. If, but if you say, okay, well, we're an ice cream company, but we really care about Well, I mean, animal rights, you know, again, if you're vegan, you know, that kind of fits in quite well. Let's say you want to talk about, uh, I don't know, can you think of some some diverse issue that has nothing to do with ice cream? Um, Maybe like immigration issues, refugees. (laughs) Yeah. So immigration, refugees or gun rights or something like that, let's say like that. That's a bit of a stretch. Right. So there's not an immediate resonance between what you're doing is business with the causes that you're supporting. And so maybe it's a little bit harder to kind of marry those things together. So I think try to find those issues that, you know, are important back to the the first question, like are important to your stakeholders that are meaningful 
for your business and I think makes sense for you to be engaged with. And, you know, suppose you are an ice cream company that really cares about gun rights or abortion rights or something like that. I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's it's more of a stretch. It's going to be a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. And you just have to make sure that in that case, you just do it that much better. You have to really have a good rationale for what you're doing and why you're doing it. And the way that you're engaging um, should be, you know, really impactful and, and your customers should be able to, to put two and two together because it could be a story, right? It could be like you can think about Chobani yogurt, which was founded by a refugee. And so he has um, a lot of those values incorporated into the business. And I know that he hires a lot of refugees and, you know, has a really amazing story around that. And so that's his personal story. So that totally makes sense to the customers and, and people can put those, those things together. So I think, you know, just don't, I think it's harder for customers to maybe make the connection if they can't see it in some way. So I would say, try to make that connection real. So whether it's, through a sort of natural connection that has to do with your business model and your products or something that is meaningful to the people, of, you know, in, engaged in the, in the business or is perhaps particularly meaningful to um, the people where you're, you know, where you're working. So it could be that you're working in a community that says, let, imagine has a nuclear power plant in it, <laughs> you know, and so maybe you're making, you know, you're making shoes and, but, you know, there, there's a reason for you to engage on this issue around nuclear energy because this is where your company is. And so you want to be, you know, really up on whatever those, those issues are and find a way to engage that makes sense and that's meaningful. But, yeah, I mean, you look at your, you know, whatever, your sneakers, you wouldn't necessarily think nuclear energy. But, but if there's a good story behind it, then I, then I think it, it can work. Great. Thank you. And um, thank you for being the guest today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I wanted to, you know, I think, you know, you and I have talked a lot about this, but we really wanted this podcast to be useful to the audience. And I think that the conversations that we've had in the past, you know, we've been trying to give some advice and help them. Common questions, I guess we get yeah, and, and help people see, you know, how is it relevant to them. But as we're wrapping up this series, our first series, which has been a lot of fun, um, I thought we could just, you know, go straight to some, some questions that hopefully um, will provide some of our audience with some, um, some good information that they can take into their, their lives. And you know what I'll do, actually? I'll turn it back on you <laughs> because we have um, two wrap-up questions so I'll ask those of you, and, and uh, that would be great. So the first one is, what is something that made you laugh this week? Something that made me laugh this week? Um, <laughs> well, I went to um, a party, like uh-huh. a, a children's party. With yes. Children. And uh, as part of the decorations, there was just some, you know, lots of fun things on the table for the kids to take so some sunglasses some necklaces some hats and everyone was so excited they said oh could I try it on can I take one home and I was like yes of course you can it's fantastic you, you can 
take, you know, sunglasses, a hat, and then this little girl came with 10 items and said, can you please give me a bag? <laughs> and I was like, wow, I wish, you know, I wish uh, adults were, um, you know, were so, have no shame in asking for things they want to take them in the bag and take it home. Wow, that's she was great. very polite, but she was, um, you know, she said, oh, can I please just take these home? Well, I, need, I need more bags. I've run, <laughs> run out of hands to take all this. I was like, that's wow. funny. So she found, she found a lot of good things to take home there. Yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I don't watch a lot of videos online, unfortunately. I wish I did. <laughs> okay. And the second question is, is there is a shout out. So it's an opportunity to give, um, to mention a company that you feel is like doing good work in the social impact space. So anything come to mind? Well, I think Kate Spade. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, with, uh, you know, um, helping women in uh, communities. Um, I know they use like some of the tassels for their bags. So they've found a way to incorporate their values into their business. So yeah. instead of, you know, just giving X amount of money to a charity, they've actually let the women make some of the bags, you know, and um, yeah. they needed zippers and tassels. And they said, hey, could you maybe help us out and we'll pay you the same amount of money that they would have done anyway. Yeah. Um, and I think they're doing a really, really fantastic job. And I think you've had Sydney Price on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sydney who, yeah, set up that program and, yeah, exactly. I mean, they, I think what, what Sydney found was like, they wanted to move beyond just doing CSR into something that was really sustainable. And the only way to make it sustainable was to incorporate it into their business process so that it wasn't that they were spending more money or they were doing something extraneous. It was, this is our supplier and they're producing at the price point that we need it. And so, you know, this is, this is just how we work. And they helped set up this, you know, this really great factory in Rwanda where they're now independent and there's, I think, supplying other companies as well. But they're, you know, but now they're a key supplier um, for Kate Spade and, you know, employing a lot of people in a place that that didn't have a lot of opportunities before that. So, um, yeah, that's a good one. And very pretty bags, right? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, Well, Praveen, thank you so much for joining me on... Um, this final episode of The Corporate Activist. And thank you to everyone in the audience for joining us. Um, I hope that you have found these episodes informative and also a bit entertaining. Um, We're going to take a break for the summer, but we hope to have some new episodes out in the fall. So please stay tuned and do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Corp Activist, and we'd still love to hear from you. And, you know, again, if you have some questions or things that come up, please feel free to write in and we'll we'll address them next season. So just a reminder that The Corporate Activist is brought to you by Stance Advocacy Services and is produced by the good people at the Podcast Boutique. I'm your host, Siri Kulsa. Have a great summer. Ciao for now. <laughs>